This podcast contains sexual themes and is intended for open-minded adults. If you're under the age of 18, you should stop listening now. You're listening to Sharing is Caring. In this podcast, we talk openly about our journey into the lifestyle, about opening our relationship and our lives to a whole new way of thinking. Come and share our adventures into sex positivity and ethical non-monogamy. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 12 of Sharing is Caring. I'm Kiwi. And I'm Sherry. For this episode, we're going to actually continue where we left off on our journey rather than going off on a bit of a tangent. So it's going to be the correct chronological order, finally. So the next noteworthy thing which we did was going back to Fever for another Fever party. Yep. Um, so we've already mentioned the fever parties. For those who haven't listened to the previous um, episode where we talked about it. It was episode one. Yes. Those parties are usually in central London, in a townhouse, uh, with about 60 couples. Yeah, about 60 to 80. I'm not sure what the capacity is. It must be around that. 80 sounds a lot. Yeah, maybe. It's a big townhouse. Yes. And couples are under 40 normally. Yes, I think there's... There's a soft age cap of 40, but I think if people have been attending a few times, they sort of let them come back a bit more rather than just saying you're 40, not allowed back. Mm. I think fever uh, is not really a swingers party, is it? No, it's more of a sex party, I think. Now that we've actually been to a few swingers clubs and swingers parties, it's not so much focusing on the socialising and meeting other couples and building relationships with people. It's very much more focusing on... The sex. Breaking, yeah, breaking the ice, have sex. Yeah. We've also met people at Fever who didn't do anything else than going to Fever parties. Yeah, that's true. Some people just go to the Fever parties, have sex with other people, and then do nothing for three, six months before they go to the next one. So if you'll recall in episode one, we attended a fever party and it was our first experience in the lifestyle at all. And we had a really great time. So this time we went back with about a year's worth of experience and we did approach it slightly differently, but we were still quite new and we wouldn't call ourselves experienced when we went. So we did learn quite a bit from it. We learned about what we do and don't like from events and what what we sort of look for when we go to Mm. club nights a bit more. I still wouldn't call myself experienced, actually. Would you? No? I think we've got a bit of experience now after over two and a half years. I still feel like a newbie sometimes. <laughs> I think it's a confidence thing. Yeah. Anyway, before we go back to the fever party, shall we have our catch-up? Yes. So we started packing for cap. Well, I have. Did you? When? Last night. Well, yesterday morning, actually. Huh. I started gathering a bunch of things to put on the table that we can't forget. Like, I remember the stickers this time. Oh, yeah. Good, I forgot them when we thing. had to, uh, to Pride. To Pride, yeah. But this time I've got them and some multivitamins and other things to prevent hangovers and hangover cures. So the important things are packed and ready. <laughs> and because we're going to be naked anyway, it's not like we need a lot of clothes. <laughs> but we'll be staying in uh, Le Jardin de Babylon from... Can I say it? Can yeah. I say it? Le Jardin de Babylon. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be staying there from Saturday the 17th to Sunday the 25th. So if you're in Cap around the same time, send us a message. We'd love to chat or grab a drink or, you know. Give you a sticker. Yeah, give you a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> On our episode about our second visit to Cap Dagd, we had prepared a small segment about what we have learned and what we will do next time. But in the end, we ended up not recording it because the episode was going to be too long. So we've had a few people ask about it and uh, we'll record it today. 
between our experience at Fever and the listener question. So just wait for it. What else in our recent um, experience, Kiwi? We did have planned to go to Rio's last weekend. So we had a few friends lined up and um, their partners or their friends with benefits to come along and have a bit of a... It was their first time at Rio's, actually, all of them. No, one, no one has been, but... You've been selling it to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I've been warning everyone, but people still want to come. I think it would be fun to go with people we already know. It would be really good to go with a group, yeah. So that was the plan anyway, but then throughout the week, people had to drop off for various reasons. And then we just decided, you know what, since a few people have dropped off, we'll just cancel it for now and go back later in the year once everyone has some more time to organize yeah. it. I mean, it's the middle of summer. Everyone's just really busy at the moment. So that meant we had a free evening. What did we do with that free evening? We ended up catching up with Mew instead. Again? Again. Oh, seeing her a lot lately. Yeah, it's great. So we went out for dinner with her mm -hmm. at a local restaurant, which had just opened. It's a beautiful place, actually, right by a park. And it was very nice. Very open. Two for one cocktails. And the food was not bad. I mean, it tasted good. Yeah, the food was quite nice. Um, and then we all just came back to ours and... Uh, and then things escalated very quickly. Yeah, we sort of had to catch up a bit of a chat for a good 10 minutes sitting on the couch together and then things just naturally escalated and we ended up having lots of sex for the rest of the night. Yeah. But uh, we won't go too much into detail about all the sex because I think we've spoken about the sex with Mew for the last couple of episodes. Yeah, and it's generally probably, similar. Yeah. People probably don't want to hear any more about that. Some people might want to hear more about that because it's very sexy. But If you yeah. do, get in touch and we'll <laughs> tell you the details. Sherry will get really close to the microphone and whisper in your ear. Yes, actually, I've heard about that podcast, um, Vox, V-O and then three X's. Uh, and I've listened to it the other day when I was having some uh, quality time with myself. And their stories are really good and... They have a French version and an English version with someone either um, telling you, well, joking off instructions or just sexy stories. And that made me think about recording some sexy stories ourselves. Oh, well. Maybe that'd be nice. I think the bed hoppers want to record some sexy stories with you. But I think they're more for the humor, for the laugh. But that's a good idea. Maybe we could record some sexy stories. Yes. You can write them. I'll just record. Okay. I'll be the talent. <laughs> anyway. That was our catch-up with Mew, which was... Oh, you really had uh, something happen in the middle of the night, didn't you? Yes. Well, yeah, it's not something happy. I think the food we had was a bit too fatty for me, a bit too heavy. Um, oh, you ordered the very heavy dish anyway. Uh, I got the gnocchi, and gnocchi is usually okay with me, but this time, I don't know, they had... It was a, like deep-fried gnocchi, <laughs> and I was feeling super sick during the night. I had to leave the... The bedroom because the bed was a bit crowded so <laughs> and I didn't want to sit up and bother them so I went to the living room and sat up for about an hour on my phone trying to wait until the nausea passed and then I went back to bed to Kiwi and Mew and went back to sleep so that was not the best part of the night and I think that's partly why I was so tired before we started playing because of the heavy meal oh yeah that explains why you were I was eager to start. Yes. <laughs> because I was feeling like... Your escalation was, oh, I'm getting tired. <laughs> that worked so well, though. <laughs> as soon worked. as I said that, we started kissing and all. And then the next day we had to go to a friend's barbecue and we were both exhausted. Yeah. Well, why are you so tired? Oh, it was a big night last night. <laughs> oh, did you go out? No. <laughs> oh, it's tiring sometimes to have that secret life. I wish I could just be... Oh, yeah, we had a threesome with a, a sexy young woman. Maybe we should start just telling people that. <laughs> okay, we didn't go down well with everyone, I don't think. <laughs> anyway, 
There's a, a last one. So the last one is an idea that Sherry has been bouncing around for a little while now, I guess a couple months. And it came up because our friend went and got a new tattoo on Saturday. And uh, Sherry just sort of said again, oh, I'm, I'm really considering doing this. I'm really actually thinking about doing it now. And she's thinking of getting her nipples pierced. Yes, or nipple. I'm not sure if I would get both or just one. I'm thinking about just one to start with. I, fi- I find nipple piercings really sexy. And uh, because I have small boobs, I think it would give them that extra thing that would make them more attractive. Give them the edge. Yes, I'm not very edgy. I don't have any tattoos. So having a nipple piercing would make me a bit edgy and also would make it quite attractive, especially if I'm wearing a t-shirt with a bra underneath. That would be, yeah. I think that's really sexy. sexy. I think that's really nice when you're wearing a tight top with no bra. And you can wear that in public and normal vanilla places as well. Yeah. It would be interesting to see the looks of, on people's faces when they notice it underneath a t-shirt. You'll make a lot of friends. Although we've done a bit of research and it looks like it's a lot of maintenance, especially the first few months after getting the piercing. Yeah, so thank you everyone that responded on Twitter. That's really helpful. It's good to hear your opinions and your advice around like, maintenance and care. Yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm not totally decided yet, but um, well, if if I do it, any, in any case, it would be after cap. Because I don't want to go to cap with a, a painful nipple that can't be touched. No one can touch your nipples. You can't go in any water. Yeah. Makes for a great swing of holiday. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like the idea of seeing my boob with a, a piercing. A Me nice too. little bar in it. So that's about all for our catch up. Have we been up to anything else that's been noteworthy? New and noteworthy? Mm, nothing sexy, I don't think. All right, on to our main topic. So as we said, we went back to a fever party. So we'll continue our journey with that. And it's been about a year and a... Uh, Sherry's just distracting me by showing me her boobs, so if I trail off, that's why. It's been about a year and a half since we went to that party, and so if our memory's a bit hazy around what actually happened in the order of things, then uh, bear with us while we try and remember. It was in February that I think we went, so December and January had been really busy with Christmas and New Year and seeing family and doing that sort of thing, so we didn't actually get to do that much sexy stuff. Well, other than just between us. Uh, actually, although over New Year's Eve is when we met that woman at uh, the Polyglot New Year's Eve party. Yes, yes. A woman who was by herself. I don't know how she detected that I was interested because I didn't really let on that much. You were a bit drunk and you were pretty flirty. Was I? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't realise it when I'm drunk. I mean, I realise I'm drunk. I don't realise I'm flirty. But she, she went in and kissed me. That was quite sexy. She was really good looking, quite young and... And very flirty and going for it. So I enjoyed it. So that gave us our fix of sexy enjoyment for... I think the problem is we've been ruined by the lifestyle because now we can't go to vanilla event and enjoy ourselves. Yeah, if we go to a like vanilla club night, it's like, well, okay, it's great. But now... There's something missing. Who can we hook up with? <laughs> when are people getting naked? <laughs> <laughs> I find that really now I, I always feel like something's missing. Well, we should just go to uh, lifestyle events instead. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Just that. Yeah, lifestyle mini golf, <laughs> lifestyle everything. Well, there's a, a place in London, a mini golf place that's called Swingers. Yeah. I wonder if that it would be a good place to just go and hit on other people, other couples and see. <laughs> because of the name of it? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to break up with all our vanilla friends to say, listen, you're too vanilla. We want to only have friends we can have sex with. So it's over. Or friends who are accepting of our choices. So we can be open and talk about it and say, oh, we're tired because we had a threesome last night. Yeah. Yeah. The journey to coming out. 
Uh, as I was saying, we booked about a month in advance. So it has had quite a bit of build-up throughout January with the party that was coming. Yeah, I really like the build-up. That's one of my favorite things. The anticipation of yes. what could be. There's even a, a French saying, which is, in French it says, le meilleur moment de l'amour, c'est quand on monte l'escalier. Which you could translate by, the best part of love is when you're walking up the stairs, as in the anticipation. Um, Ooh, say that again. Was, <laughs> in French? Yeah. <laughs> le meilleur moment de l'amour, c'est quand on monte l'escalier. <laughs> so anyway, I really like the anticipation. I find it, it really makes it worthwhile for me. If you told me on a Friday night that there's a, a fever party the next day, I'm not sure, or another party, whatever. I'm not sure how much I would enjoy it in terms of um, build up and anticipation. I would be more, oh, okay. Well, now I have to get my mind around it and get prepared mentally. So I, I really like the getting ready for it in your mind. All right. I'm, yeah, I'm very much the same, but the other half of me is likes the spontaneity. The idea of, oh, what should we do right now? I know, let's do this. Or how about this afternoon or this evening we go out and go to this party or see these people? Uh, real spontaneous events and parties. For me, when it's non-vanilla events... I, I think I have to be in the right frame of mind, so it's it's more difficult for me to spontaneously be into this kind of thing. Surprise blowjob is pretty great. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, between us is different. I'm talking proper swinging events. So when the day finally came around, I was pretty nervous myself. Were you very nervous? Not really, because I remembered the first fever we had been to, and it's gone really well. And I think as a woman, maybe... It's a bit less stressful. And also, I think the more I have, more time I have to think about something, the more nervous I get about it. So there is the build up and that's enjoyable. But then that allows me to run through all these scenarios in my head of what could be and what expectations there are of me. And then I get a bit nervous about it. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, for me, more anticipation is better. In the end, you realize that you didn't get, need to get nervous at all. No. Because it, it went well. Yeah. Yeah. So it was at the same location as last time. We wore very similar things to last time. Not the same clothes, obviously, because we wouldn't wear the same clothes to an event, which is a year apart for the same event. That's just wrong. <laughs> um, Do you, you wear the same suit? Yeah, I did wear the same suit. But <laughs> I can't remember where I wore. And then we went along, same location, and we... Uh, arrived at the door and they greeted us by name again which is really nice because they've got the photo of us and i wonder if friendly. they just revise and do like a who's who game where they have the photo and they need to remember the names yeah. or something like that i mean that's amazing that they can remember the names of 60 to 80 couples from their photos that they send in because people look very different once they're all dressed up and have their makeup on and everything so we arrived and went downstairs and started socializing and we ended up having some really good conversations with people. But um, we probably spoke to people a bit too much and related a bit too much. And I think there was a couple or two couples that we were speaking to. We ended up friend zoning both of them. Yeah, that's the problem because we, we start talking about our lives and sometimes we have a lot in common, which could sound like a good thing. But in actuality, it makes you feel more like you relate to the person, you could be friends with them and friends as in not in a sexy way. Uh, like there was a young woman who was really good looking, but by chatting, we realized we worked in the same industry. So we were uh, starting to talk about work and all that. And yeah, that's really not good for a sexy... Not a turn on. Yes, sexy time. I think that's good for like a proper swingers party, but... Like I was saying, Fever is a bit more of a sex party where you're there to have sex rather than to meet people. So if we were there to meet people, that'd be great. Get their number and then say, oh, we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm. And then make it a bit more sexy next time. Mm. 
But maybe that's what we should have done, is got their number. Maybe. Oh, well. At the fever party, there was a large group of people who knew each other from before. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. They they were quite clicky, I found. As we didn't really feel invited to go and talk to any of them. They, were, they had their own little group going on. Mm. And a lot of them were actually not couples. They were friends um, with benefits. Yeah. Or just friends, even, who were just coming to fever. Because they, they can't really check whether people are a legitimate couple or not. Yeah, it's usually just has to be a man and a woman applying together and then they're fine to get in. Mm-hmm. But when we did go upstairs to the playroom, because there's that really big playroom with all the beds pushed together and lots of islands that we spoke about in the first episode, and we started playing, one of the women from that group came over and started coming up to us and introducing herself and to join in playing mm-hmm. with us. Yeah, and all of a sudden, once we were naked, they were a lot more friendly with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up getting chatty to them, and they weren't as clicky as they seemed. I think it's just when you do get a group of people going together to that sort of event, it is hard not to seem like you aren't as welcoming to the outside world because people see you socializing with each other, you're catching up, you're not invi- actively inviting people in. Mm-hmm. But usually when you are in a group like that, you're happy for other people to come along and talk. Yeah, We actually did start getting chatting to them and uh, I think, yeah, she got my number, I gave her my number and she invited us to a couple events that they were doing later on yeah, as well. Yeah, but it was never the right timing. No, so we didn't actually end up going along to anything else with that. Yeah. And there was also a French guy, I think, who was part of the group. Yeah. Um, so when I was chatting to the girl and getting her number and whatnot, you were chatting to him. Yeah. He, w- he was nice and friendly. Um, and he was he was also there with his uh, friend's friend with benefit. So he was actually not in a couple. Um, we didn't end up playing with him or anything. But it was um, a nice chat. What I find at Fever is that it doesn't feel the same when the people are not in a couple. Yeah, and just at, I guess, swinger events in general. Yeah. It's a different interaction. It's a different dynamic when it is just friends with benefits compared to interacting with a couple. Yeah, that's something maybe we can explore in another episode. Good point, actually. Mm. And do you remember at that time, toward um, maybe more the end of the night, when that woman from reception came up oh yes was she french as well (laughs) i think she was canadian and she spoke to me in french ah yes so she she came to the bed where i was she came and told me well my name so she was like oh sherry i was like yeah she remembered me from downstairs when we came in i think maybe maybe i uh i made an impression on her or something but um that was quite nice nice that that person from downstairs came to get me we started chatting to her and playing with her for a good half hour or so interacting with her which was great Mm -hmm. and then uh we went our separate ways she went back off to do whatever duty she had yeah and then who did we play with after that was it so after that we met uh the couple where there was a um black guy and uh the white woman with uh, fake boobs. Fake boobs. Yes. And I don't think I'd played with a woman with who had fake boobs before that. That was Your my first, first fake experience. Boobs. Yeah. And they, they were, were lovely. They were really well done. They were really well done. I have done. to say they were super impressive. They were a really nice couple. They were really into each other as well, which is important for us. We like other couples who are really into each other. Mm-hmm. I think she was also really into me. Yes, she was. <laughs> which <laughs> she really wanted to make you come. Yeah. And you didn't want anyone else to make me come that night. Yes. You wanted to be the one to make me come. I was. And I think that's when, at some point, we got uh, really absorbed into each other, you and me. And that made you come. And then when we turned around, they were gone. Which is a shame, because they wanted us to go back to their hotel room with them. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing, the concept of you wanting to be the one to make me come. 
Yeah, I think that night I, I wanted it to be me. Yeah, fair enough. There's plenty of other times where other women have made you come. Yeah. But um, that night... Because some couples know. have that as a standard rule where the guy can't come with another woman or neither of them can come with another person, which seems really strange and it seems like it could actually cause problems. Because someone might feel like, oh, I'm doing all this, why won't they, why won't they come? You know, is it me? But actually, no, you've got this particular rule. And also... Can you always control it? <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you just can't control it. At one point when we were playing with them, um, there was another guy that was playing with her as well that came in and directed. Because there was another couple that joined in for a while. And um, he was sort of reaching and blindly because I think he was kissing his um, partner and then sort of touching her a bit. And then he started stroking up her body and then accidentally uh, rubbed my cock. And then he was sort of just like, oh, what? Oops. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. It doesn't matter. And he sort of looked really shocked and embarrassed. Yeah. Well, at the time, you hadn't had much of an interaction with the guy. No, I never yeah. had. So maybe your first interaction with the guy was that time where... He was accidentally by brushed my cock. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's really, really normal and happens all the time. Yeah. And people shouldn't get upset by yeah. this. I think it was just such a, such a strong memory because he was so embarrassed by it. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. I touched a man's cock. <laughs> After they left... After, after I made you come. After you made me come and they left, we went downstairs and had a bit of another drink and uh, recovered a bit, caught our breath, mm-hmm. and then went back up to the playroom. Yeah. So we went downstairs probably for about 25 minutes. And But we often do that. Towards the end, we just um, go back and play with each other. And it's a bit of sexy downstairs, a bit of sexy music playing, and can even have a bit of a dance. We didn't, though. Did we? I don't think we danced. Anyway, we went back upstairs and started playing together. And then once again, another couple came over to play with us. The woman was really good looking. Um, plus size, I'd say. Yeah. But um, very good looking. And I can't remember what the guy looked like, do you? No, I, he was quite tall and thin, but that's all I remember about him. <laughs> oh, well, she, she was blonde and had a really nice smile. So I remember they had the vibrator with him. Yes, I remember you saying he was really good at going down on you. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, he knew what he was doing. That was nice. And then he used his vibrator, which didn't make me come, but still it was a very nice sensation. And the girl was kissing me, so it was all very, very nice. What else happened? And then I went and started playing with the girl a bit while you started touching the guy. He was standing by the bed and you were rubbing his cock a bit. And I remember probably within about 30 seconds to a minute, he came, he tried to stop himself, but then he accidentally came and it went, I think, a bit over you and a bit over the bed. (laughs) And he was, oh no, oops, sorry. Exactly. So that's what we said earlier about not controlling it because he was probably not intending to to come at that point. You were just too good with your hands. I think maybe, maybe it was the first time he came that night and he'd been holding it in. I mean, building up and building up. Yeah. So I was over here playing with this woman and her partner went and cleaned up a bit so sherry came over and joined in with us a bit and we just sort of interacted for probably another 10-15 minutes and it was getting really late by now it was getting towards closing time and i think they came around and sort of gave people the warning that it's closing in 15 minutes sort of thing so then i think what was happening oh yeah you gave me a blowjob and made me come while she was kissing me which was really nice mm. Very sexy. So we lay on the bed and recovered a little bit afterwards. Yeah. And then uh, you needed to get up to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So I decided to just go down in my underwear because that's what everyone was doing at this party up until that point. So um, I went down the stairs and started making my way towards the the toilets. And you have to go through the bar and um, 
kind of a dancing party area to go to the toilet. And there was a guy there who started just yelling at me, telling me to get out, get out, get out. And I was like, what the fuck? So I went back upstairs, very upset. And I didn't understand what had just happened. Yeah, so it turned out that they were reusing the same venue for a different party. So the guy who actually owns the venue had brought a whole lot of people home from wherever he was. And they're having an after party on the ground floor dance floor area. But it wasn't properly separated. So you could just walk straight on down. It's the same venue. Yes, the same venue. No one had said anything about that happening. And the bartender just freaked out when he saw that there was someone in the I'm not sure it was a bartender. Or the I don't know who he was. It was, yeah, someone inside. But yeah, very, very rude, like yelling at me. It was awful, actually. It was a very sour ending to a a night that had been good until that point. Yeah, that's a bit shitty. Yeah. Um, So we ended up getting dressed and thought, well, there's a private event going on downstairs. Let's check it out. Yeah. Well, I had to go to the toilet, so I had to walk past it in in any case. Yeah. And it was super weird, man. It was really weird. So everyone was dressed in cocktail dresses and suits and whatnot. And everyone was smoking. Everyone had a cigarette in their hand or in their mouth. And they were all doing, all just dancing around. The room was like a thick haze. It was so, so strange. Yeah, For me, it was really strange that the fever party would would stop in another event would start at like 5 a.m yeah it and the fact that it was not advertised that way when we booked our tickets um you don't expect that you're going to be yelled at by just going around in your underwear and i think what annoyed me as well was the coat check oh we yeah had they had the l- coat check yeah. and then they just left everything in the corner yeah uh, the coat rack had been taken out of the courtroom and anyone could have taken our stuff yeah that we, was really annoying there's a handbag there and had a wallet in it and some coats yeah so that was not ideal. No. So it was a bit of a downer on the end of the evening. And I think that's probably why we haven't been to Fever f- since. Yeah. For me, that's been really off-putting. Um, the coat and all, yes, because, uh, well, you don't want your, your phone and bag and wallet to be to be stolen, um, especially when you're paying for someone to keep them. But the being yelled at like that, it, it was just so awful. Mm. So maybe they don't expect people to stay till the end of the night, but... But in that case, when you book the event, they should say, exactly. end of the event is that time, you need to leave because the the venue is being used for another kind of event. Or post someone by the door to politely say, please don't come here. Yeah. Well, you have to use a toilet though. True. So we learned a few things from that party. What did we learn from that and decide we'll do differently next time? And what did we find out? I think we should be careful to not friends on people. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, and make it clear when we're interested instead of going through um, more mundane conversations. Yeah, keep it flirty and keep it a bit more Keep it sexy. On. Yeah, exactly. If you're there for having a sexy evening, keep the conversation sexy. We can talk about the weather and work at a Sunday pub. Or what or... you're doing in London or... Exactly. Yeah. Um, Also getting people's phone number. So even though it wasn't a flirty conversation, we did get on well with them. So we should have asked them for their phone number. And same with that uh, couple which we were playing with uh, for a while where she had the... uh, Fake boobs? Yeah, fake boobs. We should have got their number as well. Hmm. Yeah, they were nice. Also, you had an interesting experience at the bar. Yeah. (laughs) So I learned that in the UK, if you order a half, it's not the same as ordering a single. So when I ordered a half of rum and coke, I got half a tumbler of rum with some coke in it rather than just a half measure, which is a single. Are you sure it's not just that bartender who didn't know what he was doing? Maybe. 
<laughs> I don't know if it's that common to order or to say a half rather than a single. I think you just say a single. Ah, uh, okay. Well, you didn't even finish that drink, did you? No, we didn't actually drink that much um, this time, which was probably a good thing. So I ended up having a couple sips and then putting it down. Mm. A bit of a waste, but not as much of a waste as getting drunk and forgetting the night. Yeah, and also it's open bar, so it's not like you spent dinner on it and didn't drink it at all. Exactly. Um, also, uh, from the whole fever experience, we learned that there's a lot more to a good club or a good party than just a venue, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. It's like a sandwich, and the club or party <laughs> is like the filling in the sandwich. And everything that goes around the experience is like the bread on both sides. So if you just have like a tasty sandwich with no bread, it's not a sandwich, is it? It's like a piece of meat, right? <laughs> no? Bad analogy? I'm not sure about that analogy. <laughs> So it's got to be like a good, tasty sandwich. Let's say that um, a good event has a lot to do with the experience that surrounds the actual night. So as in the pre-party and the post-party. So pre-party, we'd, we'd be looking at the booking experience. Yeah, is it easy to book? Do you actually get confirmation? Is it a crappy website that you have to try and navigate? Are you sending, like depositing your money in some random bank account? or and Do you get no good instructions about what it's going to be like? Yeah. The dress code. Do they communicate any special rules? Uh, do you get the address? Uh, but not too much in advance because they usually, usually try to keep it secret so you don't have a whole lot of people waiting by your door by the time <laughs> it's over. Um, sometimes some places have a pre-party chat group, like a kit group or something. That's really good. Which is a great way to meet people and make connections before the actual party happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and post-party... Uh, the arrival process, actually. Can't oh, the yeah, the process. arrival process. It's nice to be, well, greeted by the door by name. It's nice when you go somewhere for the first time for them to give you a bit of a tour of the venue or at least tell you about the venue a little bit if it's too busy to give you a tour. Mm. And it's nice when the person who who welcomed you then goes in uh, looking out for you to play with you later on the night. That's even better. <laughs> Five-star service there. <laughs> Although I uh, mentioned in the first, in our first episode that um, I was able to have a full phone conversation with one of the fever regulars before I went because I had so many questions. Yeah, so that was a good thing. That's actually another good pre-party. That's uh, yeah. another slice of bread there. Yeah. <laughs> She's the one who said that men... Sh- well, she su- suggest- strongly suggested that Kiwi should wear a suit and not just a smart t-shirt and that was a really good good recommendation yeah because at that point we didn't know what to wear to any parties any swinger parties so after the party what are the post-party things that add to it well certainly not getting yelled at because you walked into a different event (laughs) yeah if you are going to rent out the venue again tell people separate it properly like or just rent the venue for the whole night yeah that'd be better yeah also a gentle finish to the night as in i don't think that was the case here but no, they did it very well at Fever where they let people know that it's closing soon and then gently start to lower the music and brighten the lights Instead of over time. lights on, music off, yeah. in one go. Like in pubs sometimes. Yeah, the ring the bell. <laughs> and then, you know, the lights go on and you realise that the person you were chatting to uh, didn't Oh, look. that's what you look like. <laughs> oh, your face. <laughs> um, a safe location to leave as well. And that's something we really noticed at Fever is there's yeah. a lot of people know the venue because it's quite a uh, uh, infamous house, an infamous location. The guy who owns the location has a lot of sex parties and he's in the media and the news a lot. So there's 
often a big group of people outside trying to get into the venue. So there's a couple bouncers just keeping people back and it's fenced off, but it's not nice to leave the party and there's a big group of men trying to get in. I remember being very impressed by a number of people at the door trying to get in and when we were getting out trying to ask us questions and all. Yeah. About what happened inside. How was it inside? How was it? It's a bit shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, you said that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> was it both times or just the second time? It was both times that people were trying to get in, yeah. Mm. Uh, also, which is really nice, is uh, having a way to contact people who you meet at the party afterwards. Um, so, for example, at Fever, if you meet a couple and you have a good connection, you remember their names, you can ask the party organisers if you can get the details and then they get in touch with that couple and ask, is it okay to pass on your details? Um, we had a couple request hours as well. After our first party. Yeah. Yeah. And because we had misunderstood someone's name, we thought it was a different couple. So we said yes. And then they wrote to me and sent us a lot of uh, sexy pictures and we realized, oh no, it was that other couple. So we had to politely say, oh, it was great to meet you. It was really friendly, but... Sorry, not interested. Oh, that was awkward. And I think that's about it for... Yeah, so each event that we go to and each party we attend, we seem to learn a little bit more and a little bit more. I think because it was the early days, we probably had a bigger list of learnings from there. Mm -hmm. But now it's becoming more refining our techniques. Yeah, now we can just run our own parties. The Sharing is Caring parties coming <laughs> coming to you soon. <laughs> that's actually a really good idea to run some socials. Yeah. With a hotel nearby. Yes. Maybe we should do that later in the year. Good mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. You can be the organizer of that. Oh, exciting. So that's it for continuing of our journey and going to our next fever party. So in the next section, we're going to talk about the things we have learned and read about and we'll do differently when we go to CAP next time. It's next time? Next, next time? time? This time. This week. Woohoo! <laughs> so we put together a bit of a list for episode nine, I think it was, the second visit to CAP like we said at the beginning of the podcast, and we had to not record it because it was too long. So we are ready to record it this time. To start off our list, the most important thing is... Expect to party! Yay, definitely. So uh, we didn't bring clothing with us that was intended to be going to those sorts of parties in or going to any sort of swingers clubs or anything like that. And even when we went out in the evening, uh, we weren't... We were tired, so we thought, oh, we won't really party tonight. We'll just have some dinner, take it easy, and go for a couple of drinks at the bar, mm -hmm. and that's it. And I had normal s summer clothes with me. Yeah. So uh, we wore jandals out, and like you probably heard in episode flip flops 89, for those who don't speak Kiwi. What are flip-flops? <laughs> we had a bit of trouble getting into one of the clubs where we had to wear some of their temporary shoes. So we learned, don't wear jandals, essentially. Yeah. Nice sandals for women, clothes yeah. shoes for men. You can wear jandals during the day, just oh, yeah, yeah. in the evening. Just not when you're trying to go into clubs. Yeah, wear normal club clothes. Oh, not for women, though. Yeah, true. Well, lingerie is club clothing for women. <laughs> yeah, I guess in the UK now. <laughs> I mean, swingers club clothing, not... Uh, if you go by, uh, by Love Island standards, they were just wearing lingerie. <laughs> so you keep giving us a way that we watch Love Island. Uh, also... In terms of where you're going to rent out uh, your hotel room or your apartment, we would strongly advise to stay in the nudist village. Definitely. I think that's even more than just strongly advised. You have to stay in the village. Well, you don't have to. You're not, it's not mandatory. But for a good experience, it is what you have to do. Yeah. For example, if you're out at the bar 
and you meet some people and you want to go back to your apartment with them, you want to be able to walk for two minutes, five minutes and be at your apartment. You don't want to have to then walk out of the village, order a taxi, wait for a taxi to arrive for 20 minutes, taxi somewhere else. It's just a really long process. So I don't think people would, would be bothered doing all that. Yeah, exactly. There's so many people staying in the village to play with. So if someone says I'm staying out, it's going to take 45 minutes, an hour to get to my place. I think people will probably be quite likely to say, oh, it was great to meet you. Thanks, but no thanks. I'll find another couple who has a room here. Yeah. <laughs> or you just go back to their place, but then you have to travel for an hour or so once you leave theirs. The walk of shame. <laughs> Next up would be try to make contacts early on. It's quite fun to be in a group and it's good to know some people and be able to interact with people rather than just being only your couple in the whole village. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're trying to do this time. Yep. We've signed up to some sites. Yep. So we signed up to Spicy Match and we've uh, met a couple people on Fab as well. Actually, we signed up to Spicy Match yesterday and already got chatting to a couple people. SDC is supposed to be quite good for, uh, for Cap, but we haven't signed up to that. Also, we would recommend to chat to people at events. Yeah, so more than just interacting and playing with people if you're at the moose party or the pool party. Actually, the moose party? The phone party. Chat to them, you know, see if you actually have a connection and then meet them again the next day or later that evening. Yeah, I think our best experience last year when we was when we saw people we had met uh, earlier and saw them again. That was really nice. Yeah, it's really cool seeing the same people again and again. Also, Melrose we've we've said a lot about Melrose already yeah but it's a good place to meet new people yep even if you don't get to chat to the people very well there because the music is loud if you go there and have a dance and you see the people around and then when you see them during the day somewhere else you recognize them from Melrose and you can say oh hello or you can just go up and dance with them and you know you don't need to say too much once you get to that point what's good is to look in advance about um Also, what's good is to look in advance at what the club theme nights are going to be and to plan where you're going to go and what you want to do there. Yeah, for example, some of the clubs have specifically themed nights where it's particular type of clothing or dress or they're having a special event. So it's worth having a look at that and seeing if any of that interests you and then you can pack accordingly. Do you have an example? Uh, for example, it might be a, I don't know, a lot of clubs do white parties where everyone has to wear white or neon parties where you have to wear brightly colored clothing and have body paint or that sort of thing so you want to be able to pack specifically for that we need to bring our glitter yes yes good point actually um, uh, also bring your own condom and lube condom condoms and lube not just one condom if you bring one <laughs> condom you'll be really really disappointed in the trip <laughs> so bring more than one condom and, and bring, bring some lube because we found i don't remember seeing condoms and lube out for use at the clubs that we went to. I'm not sure if it's because I didn't look or just if it wasn't there. Yeah, I don't know. Also, we would recommend for you to go to the pool party at uh, Babylon. Um, they're on Wednesdays and Fridays. And to the foam party or mousse party at uh, Glamour Beach. So the mousse parties are every day at Glamour Beach, weather dependent because it's an open air venue. Yeah, you can hear the music from, from far. Yeah, you'll know if it's running. Yeah. Uh, also, we've heard that silicone lube was good for the pool party. Yeah, if you put a bit of, a little bit on yourself before you go in the pool, that sort of thing, you can play a lot easier. Uh, we haven't tried it. No, we haven't tried it. Just rumors have it. <laughs> would Vaseline work? Hmm. I think it would work. It would be bad waterproof, but um, it it wouldn't be great for the woman's flora. No. Yeah. 
Because you've done some research in that, haven't you? Wow, how contrived is this? <laughs> <laughs> One obstetrics and gynecology study concluded that women who use petroleum jelly as vaginal lubricant were 2.2 times more likely to test positively for bacterial vaginosis than women who didn't use petroleum jelly. So not the best lube to use. Yeah, a bacterial infection is probably the last thing you want when you're on a sexy holiday. It's not really a souvenir that you want to bring back with you. Yeah, but um, in any case, if you get one, it's not that hard to treat or even to detect because now they sell uh, some self-tests in boots where you can just stick it in, (laughs) read the pH level, and then know according to that if um, there is likely to be an infection or not. And also, if there is an infection... A short course of antibiotics should just deal with it. Yeah, home test kits are amazing nowadays. You can buy them for everything, for detecting all sorts of STIs and infections and whatnot, and really recommend them to people. It's worth spending a few quid and just getting them done. Even in the UK, a lot of them are free on the NHS. Yeah, like the SHL? SHL, yeah. Sexual Health Health London. London, yeah. But I think they're available nationwide from the NHS. Okay. In the UK. Also, um, as places to go, Le Jardin des Dens. Did I pronounce that right? Le Jardin des Dens. Has a pool party at 6pm on Sunday, Tuesday and Thursday. So we didn't see it last time when we were there, but we'll try and head along this year and report back. Yes. I think it's less of a party and more of a chilled out aperitif type thing. I like an aperitif. Also, the beach can be quite unpleasant if it's windy. So if it's a windy day, probably worth giving the beach a bit of a miss because it's a very long, straight beach, so it gets picked up and it whips around quite a bit. What I remember from the beach was that it was so hot and just the thought about the thought of sex was not believable for me. It, it was like too hot to move, so let alone have sex. <laughs> well, well said there, well said. But yeah, the... The sand retains the heat. It's sort of the burning your feet. Oh, yeah. You you can't walk barefoot on the beach. It's just burning. So even if it is only 28 to 30 degrees, it feels like a lot more because you have the direct sun. You've got the burning sand. It gets really hot on the beach. Mm. But the beach is really nice. Also, cap is quite expensive, isn't it? Cap is very expensive, yeah. So So you have to keep an eye on your spendings. Yep. It's easy to spend a couple hundred euros a day if you're getting breakfast, lunch, afternoon tea... A party in the afternoon, dinner, alcohol, bar entry, club entry, it all really adds mm-hmm. up each day. So do expect to spend a lot of money. Accommodation is just the start of it. Although when we were staying at uh, Jardin des Den, we had full board. So we didn't spend too much outside of, um, for meals, I mean, yeah. it was covered. The meals were covered. So it was mostly the clubs and the drinks. Exactly. I think this year we should uh, get a bottle of duty-free liquor and then just have that as some of our drinks at home. Hmm, good idea. Since we're flying, we might as well make the most of it. Yep. Learning some basic French will be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Like even the basics, hello, goodbye, please, thank you, I am, or my name is. Can I have a drink? Yeah. One beer, please. One mojito, please. Two mojitos, please. <laughs> Five mojitos, please. Uh, and How I, much? I think our first postcap episode, I'll do a list of useful words. In uh, French. The survival guide. The, sur- <laughs> the swingers survival guide in France. Threesome. Foursome. <laughs> <laughs> Orgy. <laughs> <laughs>
what do we actually need to bring this year? We started talking about a few things there. So it's talking about some anti-hangover stuff, some multivitamins, all the really important things. Um, what else is there? Sunscreen. Oh, Sun yes. Cream. Yes. Sun cream. Definitely. For me, factor 50. For me, factor 50 as well. Just layer on as much as I can. Well, considering you're naked, <laughs> you're much more at risk of getting sunburned. Yeah. And um, put sunscreen everywhere. I mean... You don't really want to get a burnt dick. Like, it's not a great <laughs> thing to have, especially if it's really badly burnt on your first day. Sunburn is quite painful for Peeling the best of dick. times. You don't want it to be healed. Like, no one wants that. No one wants that. So, a bit of sun cream goes a long way. We could make it red and swollen <laughs> and painful. You won't want to touch it. You won't want anyone to touch it. Exactly. <laughs> Um, a portable speaker. So that's something we really missed last time is getting a portable speaker for our hotel room. Because if you want to play music when you have guests over, playing it from your cell phone is it's not a great speaker. It's not a great experience. So we've got the uh, Anchor speaker, Bluetooth one. It's really cheap. I think it's like 20 quid or something like that. It does the job. Yeah. It's really good. Also sexy outfits for the evenings. This time I am equipped. Oh, you are well equipped. <laughs> I have so much lingerie. That I'm going to pack. I'm going to have more than I can wear, I think. I have also the skimpy dresses that I bought from the website of... <laughs> the official website of Love Island oh, Outfits. No. <laughs> I know, I know. You know what? It was inspiring. <laughs> because they looked so skimpy. I wanted to look like them. As in, I wouldn't dare wearing those outfits out in London. But out in Cap, it's perfect. Yeah, made for them. Yeah. Also some kind of mesh dresses things during the day oh during the day so you can walk around with your fishnet <laughs> bodysuit rather than being completely naked well i wasn't naked last year i had this kind of a uh, light see-through see-through poncho pon- it's not a poncho <laughs> bodysuit kind yeah. of yeah and most important for any sexy holiday toys oh yes vibrators and lube but we've already mentioned Loop a few times. And whatever other toys that you want to play with or have other people play with. We'll bring the leash. Yes. Leash and handcuffs. Mm-hmm. And vibrators. Should we bring the strap on? <laughs> Maybe. It might be. We'll see how much room there is in the luggage. I'm glad we've got checked in luggage. Last oh, time yeah. we only had hand luggage. That's not enough. We had backpacks. Yeah. And also they sell um, in the Capsuma market some kind of waterproof pouches. Yeah, so you can carry your money and room key and all those sorts of things around with you. Around your neck. You can put like a few condoms in there too. Yep, condoms and lube in there. Because you're going swimming all the time, you're going to different events, you're on the beach, that sort of thing. You need to somehow keep it with you, but you don't want sand to get through all of it or water to get through all of it. So there's little pouches. There's a couple of different types. One is like hard plastic. I saw a lot of them break. So I got a soft plastic one, which you seal with a Ziploc type thing. Mm-hmm. And then... You just fold fold it over a couple times. It's nice and pink. It's nice and pink, exactly. So that's probably the list of uh, everything which we've thought about that we'll do differently next time in Cap or we'll next yeah. we'll try and do. Maybe we'll have more to add after I'll stay there. Yeah. So like I said, we'll do an episode about uh, what we've learned, a post-Cap episode. So on to the listener question. Do you want to read out the question this time? We... I'll read out the question. All right. We got this question from Fab Swingers. Someone at Contact Us. Okay, I'll read it out and you can give the answer. Listener question. We are new to the lifestyle and have been on two meets so far. Both were a lot of fun, 
but it took a long time for us to get the courage to move from talking to playtime and it didn't really feel natural. Do you have any suggestions on how to make this shift easier and more natural? So my first reaction to that is actually I've heard a couple episodes just recently from other podcasts about transitioning from normal to playtime. Uh, so definitely check them out. They'll probably say it a lot better than we can in the short uh, listener question section. So the first one is Swinging Down Under, episode 86. And also We've Got a Thing, episode 45. They're both really good, so uh, go check them out. I think any transitioning or trying to escalate an evening would be incomplete if we didn't talk about alcohol. Yeah, I know that for myself, if it's the first time I'm playing with someone, I need to have had a couple of drinks. Um, for example, with Mew now, we can just meet and I can be sober and it's easy to start it. But um, any person I wouldn't have met before, I need to have this um, inhibition taken away. Yeah, it's a bit of social lubricant, a bit of Dutch courage. So we're not talking about alcohol to the point where you're drunk. It's just having a drink to make yourself a bit more relaxed because if it is your first time or your first few times, it can be really stressful. And I mean, like I said, I even get really nervous before a lot of events, especially if there's been a build-up. And if you're in some stranger's living room trying to, you know, get them to have sex with you, or you've got some <laughs> strangers in your living room and you're trying to get them to take their clothes off, it's it's a bit of a strange situation to be in, right? I mean, even after you have done it a few times. So one or two drinks, it can definitely help you feel a bit more relaxed. The way you say it, trying to get them to have sex with you, it feels a bit rapey. <laughs> also games. Yes, games are always good. I love yeah. games. We have um, now tried a few that have led to some playing. I mean, playing of more than games. So we've done strip poker. Yes, a few times. That's that's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, spin the bottle. Yeah, spin the bottle. Spin the bottle, you probably have to already be past or part of the way there. So it's not a good initial escalation because that might be strange going from talking about your cat to let's spin the bottle and take off clothes and kiss each other when it lands on you. It might be too big a step. So that might be phase two for spin the bottle. Yeah. And there's never have I ever that we haven't played in ages and I'm really no. scared about the next time we'll play it. I'm really looking forward to playing never have I ever again. I think it will be really We're just going to get drunk in one round. <laughs> And also we have a game that have been specifically created for this kind of situation. Yeah, the lifestyle game. So that was introduced to us by Bedhoppers and it sounds like it's a lot of people have it and a lot of people have played it and it's got really, really, people say really good things about it. So it's called The Game of Lifestyle. Worth checking out. There's a few different versions. We spoke about it before. Yeah, we like them though. Mm. It's useful. But again, you need to be there. You need to know that you're going to have this kind of interaction with the people you want to play with. Yeah, you have to read the room. So don't try, start trying to escalate when the people are not very forthcoming. You probably need to feel out, feel it out a bit with conversation. <laughs> so be a bit flirty, direct the conversation towards sex, towards what have you done in the past, what are you interested in. Um, have that conversation to make sure you've got your boundaries set before just jumping straight in. The what are you interested in is always a good question. Exactly, yeah. Do you have any fantasies? Mm -hmm. Also, as we mentioned before, try to be flirty and, and sexual. Uh, try not to friendzone people like we do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're terrible at that. We still do it. Because, because we're friendly. Because we like people. We like chatting with people. We yeah. like making friends. Yeah. Um, a bit of contact as well. Like Ooh, a hand yeah. on the arm, on the shoulder. 
on your leg um and that just sort of lets people know that you're there you're interested in and also depending on the feedback you get you know if the person is interested because if they shake off your hand then you know maybe that won't happen yeah maybe pull back a little bit (laughs) wait for some signs from them but don't it's all about be, consent again. Yeah, it's all about consent. It's all about reading the situation. There's not really a handbook to identifying if someone's into you. Actually, there probably is. There probably is a lot of like guides of saying, how do, you, how do you know when someone's into you? There's a handbook about everything. Yeah. You need to read the room, read the person. Just be mindful of their reactions. Yep. Anything else that you can add to that? Or how no, to just, escalate? Um, you could... You could. When they go out of the bar, like the room to go to the bathroom or something, do the naked man. You take all your clothes off and then lie on the bed naked. Naked man. Yeah, I've never had someone do that. I don't think it would work. I think they would just freak people out, especially if they're quite new. It depends. Like, we could do it to, to Mew next time. Yeah, you could do it to people who you know well, but don't do it to strangers. I've done it to you. You've done it to me, yeah. But that's a bit different. Like, if you're on a first date with someone, like a swinger date, they're quite new. You take all your clothes off and you're waiting in the room for when they get back. That's a bit weird. That's like probably red flag level. Yeah. Although, if you're wearing nice lingerie for a woman, you could just mention that you're wearing something really nice and then the person could be like, oh, can you show us? That's a really good point, actually, yeah. You can say, oh, even I'm really wearing this nice bra, do you want to see? Exactly. And then it gives them the option to say yes or no without having to be the one that's actually asking. Mm Mm-hmm. And and then once you remove your t-shirt and expose your bra, it makes the atmosphere a lot sexier. So it really helps with the rest. Well, thank you for the question. It was actually a really good one that time. Do check out those podcasts. They cover it into a lot more depth than us. And if anyone does want to submit a listener question or get in contact with us, we do love hearing from you all. So you can find us on Twitter. We're at Kiwi and Sherry, all one word. You can email us at kiwiandsherry at gmail.com and find our website at www.sharingiscaringpodcast.com. Oh, yes, and also we're on Fab Swingers now. We're Sharing Is Caring Podcast. Come say hi. And also we've got another couple new reviews and ratings. So once again, thank you, everyone who's uh, taken the time to review our podcast. If you do have a couple of minutes after listening and want to help us, pop onto iTunes, leave us a review or just a rating. That So thanks to everyone who does that. Also, we mentioned at the beginning we're going back to CAP. Don't know if you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, you haven't been listening to the podcast. <laughs> so we're planning to bring our recording equipment with us and do a short diary entry each day about what we did the previous day. So that way it'll be fresh in our minds and we'll be able to talk about our thoughts and experiences before we forget a lot of it. Yeah, I'm quite excited about that, actually. Yeah, so you'll be able to hear about the action at the time that it's happening. Well, actually not at the time that it's <laughs> happening. After we get back and edit You'll be it. hearing in the orgy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sharing is Caring. Join us next time to hear about how our sexy week in cap went. And remember, sharing is caring. No, no, that's not the most important thing. Oh. It's the only thing that's straight on there. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, I remember... Just like very spontaneous... Spontaneous? <laughs> spontaneous. <laughs> very spontaneous. Native English speaker? <laughs> not really. Only half. From New Zealand. <laughs> we don't speak real English. The caring... Sharing... No. <laughs> I can't do it. What's the name the sh- of that podcast? <laughs> sharing is caring.
<laughs> oh, caring is sharing too. Anyway, you're still looking at my boobs quite a lot. I can't help myself. 